Sup everybody, thanks for listening to The Wreck for this rapid reaction to Kyrie Irving's trade to the Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizic, and the 2018 first round pick from the Nets. Almost messed myself up there. Anyway, today with me is going to be Dominic, who's usually on The Change Up, which is our baseball podcast, but he's also a Nets fan, which means he's going to be able to talk about whether that first round pick is going to even be worth it for the Cavs. Then there's Brandon and Abdullah, who usually do a basketball podcast with me. That's going to be coming back in October. But today, in August, we're talking about that blockbuster trade. And we're going to start with Brandon, who has the first reaction on that. Also, one last thing. Jersey, we out here. First off, man, like, I just got to get this off my chest. The NBA this whole summer has been the wild, wild west. It's been crazy, bro. Like, every team has been, ever since, ever since KD hit that three on LeBron and the Warriors won the title, they seen exactly what the Warriors could do, and that's that dynasty. And every team's just making moves. And I thought the Celtics missed out on Jimmy Butler, Paul George. You know, we talked about it on the podcast, how I thought Danny Ainge was, you know, he got gunshot. He didn't pull the trigger. Many times. Done for it. A whole bunch but, of times to talk about that. But the Celtics got to win with this trade. They got to win with this trade. They got Kyrie. They didn't drop the ball this time. They was was it too much? that young player. Was it they too much, up that young star player. Did they give up too much? Did they give up too much? They gave up what they needed to give up. Because at the end of the day, you gave up, what, you swapped a point guard, Isaiah Thomas, who was played great this last season. Don't get me wrong. He was top five in the MVP voting. But he's coming up on contract talks. So, you know, the Celtics already was thinking about, you know, trading him in the future. So they got rid of him now, and they got Kyrie. And then uh, with Crowder, Crowder, that's that's a great player. He's a great player. Um, he's going to help the Cavs out a lot. I think his contract wasn't crazy. So, but it's the draft pick, the twenty, what was it, the twenty eighteen draft pick they yeah, gave up. The next that could pick. be big. That could be big for the Cavs, especially if LeBron bolts this summer. So the Cavs got what they needed. They got the perfect trade for them. And I think the Celtics, at the end of the day, Kyrie's the that star player that they needed. And they have a great chance of re-signing him. They have a good season there. You know, that could be the team to run the East the next couple of years in the future once LeBron dips the Cavs. Wait, I have a question then. So I got to go straight to Dom because everybody keeps talking about the Brooklyn Next pick, talking about it as if there's like a 50% chance it's going to be a number one pick. And yet, over the summer, it feels like everybody's been swearing that the Nets got way better. So, how's that pick looking? The Nets definitely got way better. Um, You know, if you look at the roster this year compared to last year, I would have to say it's a major upgrade. I know the Nets did finish, you know, 20-62 and last year, but they upgraded the roster. They traded, you know, an old Brooke Lopez for a young D'Angelo Russell and a Timothy Mozgov. Uh, actually, if you guys didn't know, their combined contracts are actually cheaper than Brook Lopez this year, uh, just for this year. But they upgraded. They got D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb, Mozgov, Damari Carroll. Um, you know, they have a young Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Karis LeVert. They got a lot of young, hungry guys on their team. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, that the Cavs just got a, you know easy top five pick, top five pick. I truly, and maybe it's cause, maybe it's the Nets fan in me, but... I truly believe that it's not going to be a top five pick for the Cavs. I think, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to go out on a, on a limb here and say that the Nets are going to make Home the playoffs. Alert. 
<laughs> no, I don't want to go on a limb and say that the Nets are going to, you know, maybe con- contend for that eight seed because that's that's probably a stretch at this point. They're definitely going to improve on that 20 and 62. Let's not forget that Jeremy Lin missed more than half of the year last year. Uh, and when he was on the floor, the Nets were, you know, uh, basically a 500 team. So uh, I think the, the pick is a little bit overvalued, but I do think the Cavs might end up flipping that pick. So I, I don't know what to think at this point. That pick is definitely not overvalued. Number one, and two, Dom, you sound like you sound like your 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 rivals over here, the Knicks fans. Like you, very hopeful. It's not it's it's not going to be that great. You're not going to get an AFC in the playoffs. I'm not even going to sniff the playoffs. The D'Angelo Russell addition is great for the simple fact that I still do believe that that young kid can ball. And this is going to be a new opportunity for him. And him with Jeremy Lin in the backcourt could, you know, bring a little bit more competitiveness um, for your team. But the fact that um, that pick you're saying is not going to be a t- – it's going to be a top three pick. I'm not even going to say top five. So that's definitely still for the Cavs because next year's draft is supposed to be a strong draft just as well as this year's draft. So either way, like I was saying before, with the departure of LeBron looming, because we know this season – LeBron is gonna is he's gonna bounce. He's gonna go somewhere else. It's the end of the Cavs dynasty as we know it. They need to rebuild for the future. So getting a first round pick is a win for them. Okay, so basically what I've been hearing is that there's three big players in in next year's draft. If the Nets are even let's say the sixth worst team in the NBA, the, that pick is not that valued that much. That's that's why I I've been looking at it and thinking that it's, there's a potential of it getting overvalued in the first place. Dola. Yeah, that pick looked like it could be overvalued, but the Nets, you know, they still are unproven. The team, they're trying to find a way offensively. They did get talent in D'Angelo Russell. Maybe the second year with the new coach can work. They could benefit more. The draft picks look pretty decent. Um, Sean Marks looks like he knows what he's doing, so let's give him that. But from my point of view, um, they said this draft is actually kind of shallow. Well, they say the draft is not strong, but it's sort of deep, so it looks like they're still going to get value. Yeah, I was, was going to say it's still a deep draft. Well, what I heard, what I heard is that it's top heavy. It's it's very top. That's heavy. what I mean. They're yeah. saying all yeah. because um, <laughs> Dula said the, the, Dula the said play, the, the two the opposite player, things. The player, the player from Missouri is supposed to be uh, the number one uh, going going pick. I forgot his name. Michael and Porter. Yeah, Michael Porter. And, and then after that, Duke. then there's a kid from Duke. And I also been watching um the kid who's going to play for uh. Avery Johnson at Alabama, the point guard is also good. Uh, Sexton, uh, he he's he's gonna be a top a top four or five pick up there. So it, it has a couple different players that I watched in the uh, USA um, under 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 eighteen game, and they had a couple players that were coming into to the NCAA next year that were looking good as far as from my point of view. Still got to see them in the upcoming season. But I think Dula is right that it could be a deep draft. But they're saying top but, heavy hey, as far as – they're far, saying like yeah. as far as future superstars, it definitely has to be top heavy. Well, so here, okay, well here's, so, here's the top five well, – hold on, Dula. Here's the top five players I see in the mock draft from ESPN. It's Michael Porter from Missouri, which you mentioned. Marvin Bagley is the is the dude that you forgot from Duke. Uh, number three, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton from – Arizona, number four, the dude I'm looking for most forward to seeing is Luka Doncic from Real Madrid. Number five, Robert Williams from Texas A&M, whose name was all over ESPN tonight because of the same reason. This trade pick, uh, Dula. The one thing I gotta ask you right now is let's get to the Celtics first off. 
They have Kyrie now. They have Gordon Hayward. You watched Gordon Hayward all last season, obviously, and for the past. I mean, I, that's I guess Dula's boy. Ever, I guess ever since boy. ever since he got drafted, how <laughs> how, how, how ba- ba- no based based on what you've seen, how does how is that going to work out? Him and and Kyrie. See, we had a point guard in George Hill who doesn't doesn't play without the ball. So I'm actually kind of scared to see Kyrie being a primary ball handler and might take shots away from Gordon Hayward. But then again, Gordon Hayward does have the versatility of a LeBron James. Not the full-blown quality, but Gordon Hayward is a player who can defend. Well, he could, he, he's this defending got a little better. He's still stronger. But he's a player who's able to shot and create for Kyrie. He's able to pass the ball, penetrate, dribble. So he'll be able and also create space for Kyrie from that three-point shot, which has vastly improved. So maybe to get a one-two going, Batman Robin, um, call Gordon Hayward a poor, poor man's LeBron in the versatility sense, then you you could get some chemistry going. But I feel like there's a chance where Kyrie might just might you know <laughs> wave some players off and do, do go Kyrie ball. Like you know, when, when dudes don't say COVID. Like young young Mamba, saying, the young yeah, the young Mamba. Yeah, the millennials don't say Kobe. We say Kobe. Millennials be like, Kyrie. wait, hold on, hold on, time out. Tell me, I have, I have a, I have a actual real question. Kyrie for three. Uh, do do kids really not say Kobe? Or are we yeah, just not assuming that? I hear Curry. No, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so this, yeah, this is for millennial kids. Then. Chef Curry, Chef Curry. So the, it's, most it's, so the most disrespectful player on the court. Wait, so if you in Tim class in seventh grade right now, you saying Curry? That's what. It yeah, is? some. Somebody oh, definitely shooting a three God. and walking away and saying, yeah. curry. That's not like me coming home to my mom. Will yeah. you cook curry? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the step back. It's the step back. It's the step back walk away. Wow. Okay. That's they not. Saying. They not saying KD right now. I, I would. I would prefer that. Dude. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why? Why would? Why would you not pull up? Like, nah. Hey, I call KD Apple turnover. No, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. All right, I got something. But okay, I really wanted to. Uh, yeah, but I want to get back on the ball here and talk about the Celtics. So yeah, they got Gordon Hayward, who's a player that attacks um, defensively, not great as LeBron. That's what I want to point out. Um, they lost Crowder, one of their great defenders. They lost and another small forward, and they lost um, Avery Bradley, another great defender. And then they go and draft Jason Tatum, who's a player kind of like Gordon Hayward, who created his own shot from that same positions. So. The defense for the Celtics is looking a little um, interesting right now. Um, Al Horford is there. He's going to be trying to show up the front for the, the front court for the Celtics. That looks interesting. Um, it's going to be something we have to watch for the future, definitely. Man, I'm just happy. I'm not, not happy, but it's just a good thing for Boston Celtics that Al Horford is not their second best player because he's not good enough to be a sec- the second best player on the team that's trying to win a championship. Um very simple question right now is who would you bet on to take the East if you had to go today? Uh, I'm not ever going against LeBron James. Cavs, uh, they picked up Isaiah Thomas, who, like I said, finished in the top five MVP, had a monster year. They called him Mr. Fourth Quarter. So that's just going to be a a player that LeBron could trust down in the clutch to hit a shot in in big moments. Um, He has that heart because he always played with a chip on his shoulder so why wouldn't he have even more of a chip now because he's playing for a contract his future contract he wants to get a, a max deal 
And that's what players are playing for now. And the fact that he actually has a chance to play with LeBron on the team that's you know, back-to-back Easter Conference final, no, three-time Easter Conference final champions, they could win another Easter Conference and he could be in the NBA Finals. So the fact that they picked up Crowder, who's great on defense, another rotation player that they could use against the Warriors, I feel that the Cavs had an easy run against the Celtics last year. The Celtics improved for the future, but I don't see them beating the Cavs in a seven-game series in the Easter Conference Finals. That's my pick. Dom, what about you? I, I agree probably 100% with you, Brandon. Um, my thing is, so you have Isaiah Thomas, contract year. LeBron James, contract year. Jay Crowder, contract year. These guys are all going to ball out this year. And let's be real. Is LeBron really going to let Kyrie do him like that in the Eastern Conference Final? I think not. So I, I'm no, taking the no, Cavs no. on that. Wait, is those about to go on the other way right now? No, no, I was agreeing with Dominant Settlement. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, I will tell you this. This is why you say LeBron James. Because I just talked about it. They don't have Crowder. They don't have Bradley. Who is going to guard LeBron James? Kyrie's going to get his. But they have other defenders in that. The point guard position has a hard time, you know, scoring during the finals. The, the game gets more slower. I say LeBron James looking at Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum. Maybe Jalen Brown's up for it. I don't know. I think LeBron's too good. And if you look at the front end, if you're, talk, if you're talking about for the regular season, I can see it. You know, LeBron's going to rest. I mean, the Celtics might have home court advantage. But if you look at the disparity from last year, it was a big disparity. And pretty much they just traded Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas. Offensively, they're equivalent. But the disparity is still there. So I will take, you know, LeBron, Isaiah, Kevin Love, Crowder over, you know, any four the Celtics have. Uh, um, the one thing I have to point out, because you said offense, now we have to point out defense. And, yo, when people say that Isaiah Thomas played no D, I ain't know that y'all meant he played no D. He's four, <laughs> he's four, he's 467th out of yeah. 468 players on defensive know, real plus so minus, bro. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? They back up point guard is Derrick Rose. Who <laughs> played no D. <laughs> All right. Yo, yo, and Kyrie yo. Wood sauce. yo, he's Kyrie Wood he's. Sauce, I, I, I can see, I can see no, Crowder going in. Kyrie. No, 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 but no, no, no. Right but out of, out of 468 players, Derrick Rose is 422nd in defensive <laughs> real plus minus. <laughs> yo, here's the thing. That is funny. A, a lot of people don't really understand what defensive real plus minus is, but it doesn't take a genius to know that 467th out of 468 is not good. Yeah, it's basically saying that when you're on the floor, your team is giving up points while you're in that position. So, I saw somebody tweet that that in the finals they're gonna to have to call child protective services after Curry sauce Thomas. Oh yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that because Curry. That's another thing. Curry is gonna light Isaiah <laughs> Thomas up. Like Curry already. Now, forget about the finals. He's used to being. He's used to being the short guy in the court. And if he has a Isaiah Thomas on him, it, it's not gonna be pretty for for no, the What Cavs. this does confirm is the Warriors win the championship. Let's, oh yeah. Let's get that take out. Oh, we already knew this. This was we already knew this sure. was happening. What I knew this waiting, two years ago. And <laughs> what, what, what I'm waiting for is, can I just bring this up now since we're done talking about the you know the huge trade that happened, which has been oh, a crazy offseason. We, we need go. another trade to happen. New York Knicks just uh-huh. let Melo come to Houston already. 
It's already been a crazy summer. Let's just continue the craziness. This is not wait until the trade deadline like I feel like the Knicks' new GM is trying to do. And they're trying to hold Melo hostage um, to make him suffer. But Knicks fans, come on, man. Like, let's work together. We're trying to get a third team. This is my plea. We're trying to get this trade done before the season. Let's make it happen. Well, see, this is kind of interesting because not too long ago, people were saying that the New York Knicks were not a possible the- destination for Kyrie because he actually put him on, put them on the short list. And, well, it's back to irrelevancy for them. Yeah. Well, that is I a good do, I do want to well, no, that that is a good question, Dom. Dom, if 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 the if the Rockets got mellow, then how highly do we have to think of them in the first place? I think we should probably already be thinking of the Rockets highly. I oh. mean, just just look at last year. I mean, last year, you know, and now they're adding they added Chris Paul, and if they get a Carmelo, I mean, I know youth wise, probably you know, whatever, because they're both already in their 30s, but you still have Harden, you still have Chris Ball, they still got ballers on that team, and I know, Brandon, that's your team right there, so I, yeah. I think I think the Rockets, man, I, I like them last year, too, I really thought that they would be able to contend with Golden State a little bit more than they did, but I do like the Rockets this year, I think Chris Paul is great for that team, too, I just, I, I don't know how the chemistry between Chris Paul and Harden's gonna work out, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm gonna keep Honest. it all the way. I'm gonna keep it all the way hundred. Last year, the Warriors would have washed us because <laughs> yeah. you seen what we did against the Spurs. So uh, last year was a great year to show that the defense offense, yeah, could be explosive. But we need more pieces to be able to even compete with what the Warriors have. I appreciate that love you show, but last year the Warriors would have washed us. Um, I just don't like a team that will have Harden and Carmelo on the court together. The defensively, it's a risk. Um, D'Antoni's system is already risked defensively. I'm scared for that. My place where I find it more preferable for Carmelo to be, and I think Don't say Portland. Don't say it. it Yes, Oh, my goodness, Um, (laughs) Really? Really? I mean, you have two young guns in the backcourt, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, who are just one who are ready to butt and they're coming superstars in this league. Yosef Nurkic is looking like a center. They will be tough. It would be nice. And I feel like Melo will just have his scoring role. No no more stress, no more of this. I mean, let him, let him take the mind, his mind off. It's no, Life is easy Northwest. They're not going to put so much stress on him. He's over here in New York. He's probably, got, got, like, using, you know, simply for he, men. He, like he's he's, dying his he's, he's suffering from seeing Lala looking so good in power. I mean, I had to, man. He's he's suffering from that, man. Melo's growing out the bit. The Knicks are just making him suffer. Send him somewhere. I prefer Houston, but send him somewhere, man. Please. Melo's I mean, the one leaking power episodes. I mean, this is. I mean, it's a good thing that she's looking good on power because her acting ain't good. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the last the last <laughs> thing on the last thing on uh, Celtics and. Cavs, I mean, I guess everybody's in agreement, pretty much the whole internet, that nobody really lost this trade. Nobody really lost this trade. No, no, nobody really lost this trade. Well, you would say Cleveland lost this trade because they lost a great player, but they did get a pick for the future. Kevin, Kobe Altman, new GM, Dan Gilbert hired someone to make a move. It came out into fruition and looks great. So they, he, they, those two guys got the same face. So Cleveland has some insurance, you know, when all the free agents pull, like Don previously mentioned. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if the 
Celtics could sign Kyrie because that's one thing that we didn't even talk about. Yeah, he could. He could end up coming home. He could come to New York in, in two years. But here's another thing: um, sign like Cleveland. I'm gonna be honest, it's a no-name franchise. Um, he there is a legacy chase for him if Kyrie wants to be a Celtic, one of the greatest franchises in the NBA history. In the NBA Larry Bird. history. Yeah, Larry Bird, Bill you know, Russell, Bill, yeah, you, all Kevin those guys. McHale. It's when you're a Celtic, it's it's something special to be part of, and I think Kyrie might embrace that. And you know, it's just not any franchise he's that where he can bowl up two years. It's the Boston Celtics. They have one of the best front offices in the NBA, and they have one of the best coach, young coaches in the NBA. So this looks like a stable situation for Kyrie. Let's hope it works out. All right, one one more thing I wanted to add in, Joe. So this impacts. A lot too, because that cover of two K look crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna it have looks... to do what they did with Brett Favre on Madden when he went to the oh, Jets. Oh yeah, that was that was great. That was that was those first uh, ten games of that season was the best time of my life. And then, <laughs> and then his shoulder got effed up. So, uh, all right, yeah. Oh no, no, no. Bleach Report put up already put up a a, a new version of it. So. There goes that. Uh, you know the internet oh, works fast. Yeah, yeah, you know the internet works oh, fast. Oh, it don't matter. I was getting that Legend Edition anyway because it got the it got the uh, bro Shaq on there. We got to show love. You already know. Newark. I'm a, I'm a Newark and then, you know, Kyrie Jersey. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of Jersey, you already know that this is not the first time Kyrie's going to be a Celtic because St. Patrick. Oh, there you go. There you go. It was a meant little, to a be. Little, a little Jersey trip. It was meant to be. Anyway, we out. The next time you hear me, Brandon, and Dula together. It's probably going to be October. Unless something else crazy happened. You know what? We'll speak to get again if Melo gets traded. When Melo gets. Yeah. yeah I was going to say Melo. If, if. It might not happen until in the season, but we'll see. Hopefully. And, and, and Dom doesn't get to be on any more basketball podcasts because he sounded better to me today. And that, that's a threat. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Dom. We appreciate that. Dom, that, Dom, that. Dom coming in from the changeup. Yeah. I had change to. Changeup. <laughs> Showing love out here. Alright, uh, right, we'll see what happens this season. Hey everybody, if you like what you hear so far and want to hear more from The Wreck, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Running Wreck to check out more of our shows.